It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, me think John Collins a little bit more bothered than he put on. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I'm going to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day 1s is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. But T, when you think about john collins and what he's been going through like i feel like i need to get a bible verse going on right here but 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 we just we're gonna start we're gonna keep it simple today but I, when you think about what john collins has uh had to deal put up with in the last three years uh it, it, with all these trade rumors and, and and basically having to deal with it and answer questions about it now he's been one thing I always have to give him credit for mm-hmm. um, is that, he, that he's been willing to answer those questions and be truthful and, and pretty honest. But watching that game last night, T, I really felt like he just looked like a different dude. Yeah. It was almost like the frustrations of the last two and a half seasons just really came out, like right. all at once. I literally said, as I'm like zooming in with my binoculars, because media row is is up top so zooming in and i'm like "Ooh, jc chose violence on that first dunk like violence (laughs) on top of violence (laughs) on top of violence like literally and then the next dunk i was like that one seemed like a dunk full of joy because he seemed like he was saying i am just so happy to be in the same uniform after 3 p.m today and listen we can all understand that cannot be easy when you come into work every day like some of us have wondering if we'll end the day with the same job so definitely we understand and hey look he should enjoy the rest of this season because this is going to happen again when whether they exit play in first round second round etc the day the minute, the hour after they exit the playoffs, the Hawks, that is, that's when those conversations will ratchet up again. It's just the reality of it, because yeah. if we look at what the Hawks did overall, and I think we can all agree that we really do like the Sadiq Bay acquisition, although it could Absolutely. shift some things around, definitely right. for Jalen Johnson, possibly for AJ Griffin, but we still like it in its totality. And hey, Bruno Fernando is not the same guy he was when he was here before. So that's a, a grown up a little bit. Yeah. Harrison Matthews. Okay. I'll figure out who you are. I don't really know a lot about what he brings to the table, but Hey, okay. Maybe you just thrown in the deal the way yeah. I believe TJ Warren was thrown into the deal with Kevin Durant, the end. But my point being that the Hawks did what we expected them to do, which was not moving because they weren't able to move John Collins. And they got a few other pieces to maybe give them an opportunity to contend. But the bottom line is not only Jarvis, do I think that the end of this saga, at least as of February of 2023 is a relief for John Collins, but I think just the whole organization, the the players on the court, the ones on the sidelines, the ones in the front office, because they're like, now we have exactly 26 games to make moves in this conference. Let that be our focus. And, and I mean, I'm totally fine with that, to be honest with you, because when you're thinking about 
essentially blowing it up, so to speak. Now we know we talked about yesterday about the guys who aren't pretty much aren't going anywhere, and that's DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. Yeah. For a lot of reasons right. that we don't have to get into. But when you talk about what you're gonna do to surround those guys, because obviously, um we got a chance to talk got a chance to talk with Brad Rowland and kind of hinted at the fact that hey, you're gonna have to make trades. Like that's that's pretty much how this roster is set with so many guys on the contract for a long period of time. So, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, John Collins is that guy that probably going to have to look into in the summer yeah. to see what that value looks like because teams going to have more time to think about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe we should make this work, or maybe we should give them some more compensation. You know, um, because it may be a better fit for us going down the road to be able mm-hmm. to compete for a championship. Um, right. That other team. So, I think Landry Fields is going to be more than willing to have those conversations because he's mm-hmm. always talking about. Hey, you can hit my line if you if you got something. So, and he's definitely picking up the phone right now because, mm-hmm. like, I, this is going to be a critical off season, um, you know, going forward because, like, we talk about the structure, right? It's Landry mm-hmm. Fields, Kyle Corver, and Nick Wrestler. I don't know where Nick Wrestler sits, but I know he's in the he's in the equation. And, yeah. and we obviously know that with Tony or Tony Wrestler being in the fold, we know what he brings to the table as well. Mm-hmm. Like. How much money, how much it gonna cost? <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of where he is at this moment. But yeah, I, I really I, it was really good to see JC out there just having fun and yeah. being into it. You know, I know it can be hard on him sometimes or mm-hmm. all the time for some people, you know, feel like I'm really hard on JC. But as a human being, and he said so said himself, like, like you're human, like you have feelings, and, and I mm-hmm. to be coming into work every day for three years and saying, oh, am I going to be around, right. <laughs> you know, in February before the All-Star break, you know, or I'm going to have, or I'm going to have to move to a new city and, and mm-hmm. kind of put all those, those questions in place. So I, I'm really cool. It was really cool to see JC. And like you said, for these last 26 games, mm-hmm. I want to continue. I want to, I want to see this JC yeah. for these last 26 T. I, I am all on board for that. Yeah. Now, speaking of being on board T, how about this? The Hall of Fame class was announced, right? And, you know, there are a couple of names that popped out to me. It was Rondé Barber, you know, as far as the uh, players, Rondé mm-hmm. Barber, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Demarcus Ware, and Zach Thomas finally gets in. Any of those names kind of stand out to you, T? Defense, 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 defense. It is Whoa. the first time that since Imagine the that 1970 <laughs> AFL NFL merger that you have seen this many players that you know they're basically there are slots. And also, right. this is a large class because typically the class is around seven. That's the average. It's right. five if it's if it's a very slow year but this mm-hmm. nine is kind of unprecedented but then right. to see more than half because right now the hall stands at about 60 percent offense and then 40 percent defense slash special teams mm-hmm. and really it's about 39 percent defense one percent special teams to be honest but right. anywho yep. you got these slots that you get and like five of those slots essentially went to defensive players and that's pretty much the max that you can even get. So really, really impressive. That is an awesome, awesome class. And boy, whoever's going to attend in Canton, that to me, that's going to be a serious treat. And I'm thinking about that because DeMarcus Ware was on with our guys, Andy and Randy over at 92.9 this week. And man, oh, it was so wonderful. He he just, the way his mind thinks. And then also to hear Marcus Spears uh, of ESPN speaking on DeMarcus this year, he was talking about the fact that, you know, he was that guy who came from humble beginnings, starting at Troy State and being small for his position. But literally in that first week that they were together, he said in the Cowboys locker room, he said, I want to leave this game 
as being one of the all-time greats. I want to be a legend. Mission accomplished, man. Mission accomplished. Speak it into existence because he's one of those guys. You know, we talked about the transition from 4-3 to a 3-4, which is which was a big deal back in his day when he played. He was able to transition from DN to outside linebacker like it was nothing. So yeah, yeah, Demarcus was a a dude and he went to go be a dude in Denver and yes, and became another dude. The dude. (laughs) dude. They don't win that Super Bowl without (laughs) Demarcus Ware. They don't. Absolutely not. He won that Super Bowl for them. No, no question. No question. So yeah, he was probably of all of of the guys that made it in. He was probably the one I was most excited about because I watched him like many of us toil in Dallas for years wondering yes. are these guys ever going to give him the pieces to get for them to get back to the promised land and for him to get to the promised land so when he parted ways and went to Denver I was like who could be mad like who could yeah. be mad he deserves to go and get a ring and so many players actually try to do that towards the end of their career and for him to actually not only have done it but to have really been the catalyst for why they got to the got back to the Super Bowl and won at that time that's that's he beast mode beast mode yeah. oh absolutely yeah he he was a guy that, that i'm very proud of and with zach along with zach thomas and of course i gotta give my my guy a quick shout out to you yes the real revis revis island come on <laughs> was it any question that the yeah. man was gonna get right. in that doggone hall of fame absolutely just really cool stuff Right. And you know who else I like? The other, I believe, first time ballader along with Darrell Reeves, Joe Thomas. You know why? Because just like we say on this show, hashtag defense matters, hashtag O-linemen matter too. Amen today. <laughs> it was no question, Joe. No, Joe no. and Darrell. I think we talked about this when the candidates list came yes. out. Joe we like and Darrell the were like at the top. Yep, they're yep. going in. All y'all is all y'all the guys, y'all figure out those other spots. Right. And Jarvis, <laughs> before we move on. Being HBCU grads, it gives us great pride as well, especially because I had an opportunity to do a profile on Ken Riley several years ago. And then I got a chance to talk to some of his teammates, exactly some of his uh, teammates during his years with uh, the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, as well as some people who were influenced by him when he was the AD over at FAMU. What an amazing man. What an amazing man. And uh, just excited that he finally got his flowers. Hate that he got him posthumously, but really excited that finally he got the recognition that he so deserved. Because, of course, we know he was one of those players who had to shift gears, shift to defense, and then shift to the secondary because of the time that he played ball in. And then he absolutely made it work for him. So congrats to Ken Riley. Also, and you talk about having an effect on people, right? Quinn Gray. Former NFL quarterback who's now the head coach of Albany State University, mm-hmm. giving it giving his former AD a quick shout out on social yeah. media this morning. So that's really, really cool to see. And it's definitely going to be something that we're going to keep an eye on. I can't wait for that ceremony. I want to hear some of those speeches. To, uh, to. Yes. How about this? If you guys want to hear about winning some money, listen up. How about you go to FanDuel.com because it is the number one app in America. The sports betting book, sports book in America. It's the number one. And they're also our new sports betting partner. So how about this? They got some good stuff going on for you. You know the Super Bowl is coming up. So here's what they got. All right, all you got to do is download FanDuel right now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. What's that, Jarvis? You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your bet, your first bet doesn't win. And the app is safe. It's secure and it's super easy to use. And best of all, you're gonna get your bread right then and there. As soon as the clock hits zero, 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 it's going down in your account. All you gotta do is check the app. So 
all quick reminder all you got to do download the app and then here's the special thing go to fanduel.com slash locked on and you're going to get that no sweat first bet that's three thousand dollars if your first bet doesn't win at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel official sportsbook partner of the nfl I want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen today. Why don't you make your second listen locked on sports today? They have all the national news and everything that you're absolutely looking for as far as the take of the day, just like we do for the culture. You can check out Locked On Sports today to get all the national information that you absolutely need. And you can find it wherever you download this podcast. Now, I know you're probably looking and saying, like, okay, that where's Sinitra? She's not here with us right now, but we are. I do have my guy Brad Rowland um, from Locked On Hawks joining us today. Obviously, with the NBA trade deadline, um, Brad, I got to start off with this one. Sadiq Bay, what does he bring to the table, and what are the Hawks thinking when bringing this a guy like this in? Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, Landry Fields talked to the media very late last night as we're recording this, and talked a lot about depth, and that was the big thing for me. Sadiq Bey as a player is like a combo forward, pretty good shooter, a decent size, like does some stuff pretty well. He's not going to light the world on fire for you necessarily, but a guy who um, brings another sort of versatile, capable forward to the mix. And as you well know, the Hawks don't have a lot of depth this year. Whenever guys have gone down, they've kind of fallen off yes. a cliff. And I think that that was the biggest thing here is that also he's, he's also pretty cheap, which is probably part of the calculus as well. They avoid the luxury tax. But the big thing on the court is just bringing in another guy who can they can sort of trust to be out there and plug some holes and uh, really help the depth. And, and that, that was one of the things that I've I was I've been kind of rumbling through in my mind. And I was just like, okay, when you, you – you know, going into the trade trade deadline, I was thinking we have, Tanisha and I have talked about on the show at, at nauseum about like what the Hawks should do going into this thing, right? Should they stay in pat? Should they try to make a move and and, and go ahead and um and try to be better and, and compete this year and then figure out in the summer? So and, and I think that you know that seems like what Landry Fields' line of thinking was. Okay, I'm not going to trade any of my big pieces because we know John Collins has been rumored to be leaving this team for what the past 10 years now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I think that when you think about, you know, this line of thinking, do you feel like John Collins will finally stick around at, uh, uh, going forward for, or let me say this, do you think he'll be able to finish out his contract as an Atlanta Hall? Ooh, that, that's a tough one. I, I think that honestly, I, I've always been a big fan of John's. I think he is very, very useful and very good and a very sort of versatile. He's gotten a lot better in a lot of different ways. I think it's been overlooked nationally just to say all that. I still wouldn't be surprised if he was in, if he was in talks again this summer. Like it's, it's kind of weird that that would be the case, but I think that John is, you know, he's going to be around until the summer and then they'll probably do this again. And then for me, it kind of depends on how they were playing at that point in time, how J.L. Johnson's coming along Finishing the contract's a long, it's a long time. Like he's, he's under contract for three more seasons, um, player option at the end of that contract and all that. So I wouldn't go as far as to say that I'm like confident he'll be around long term, but they do value him. Like they definitely wanted to keep him around at a certain price. Like I think they would have moved him. Obviously he has been very available as we all know, but they also refuse to give him away. They have a price, nobody's meeting it. And I think that's because they know John is a good player. And uh, just because of all that, if, especially if they win down the stretch this season, that would probably help things as well. But I wouldn't go quite as far as to uh, finish the contract. That's a long time in the future. Absolutely. And, and, and the one thing that I thought was pretty interesting last night in watching the game, you know, I think Lauren Jabbar had, interviewed John Collins and and she kind of handed around the trade deadline and, and and 
him kind of playing a little differently last night. I know I saw a difference in him and his play last night. Like, do you – because I know for me, like, John Collins has always been willing to talk. He, if you put a microphone in front of yeah. his face, he's going to be – he's been willing to answer those questions that are, quote, unquote, looked at as tough. So – and I appreciate him for that. But when you see the type of play that he had last night on the court, like, is it fair to want to see that on a consistent basis? Even yeah. with all the rumors flying around? Yeah, I, I think that's – it's it's reasonable. And, like, I think last night was interesting. Like, the timing was funny because uh, he also got set up with a few – like, his obviously his dunks get a lot of attention. That's kind of his right. big thing with John kind of always has been. And there were – I think he had four dunks last night. He was very active. I think he's played hard this year. Like, Nate got a question about that after the game last night, kind of through what you're asking me about. And he was kind of like, look, he plays hard all the time. Like, they were kind of downplaying it. And I get it. And I think consistency-wise, he's not been quite as good this year on offense in particular. Defensively, he's been, I think, the best he's ever been this year, to be honest. Indeed, yes. But um, I, I think it's fair. And I also, you know, I want to stress always, like, these guys are human. And I think it's not a, it's not fun to be in rumors for basically three straight seasons. And he's played hard. And he got a lot of praise from Landry and Nate and the team last night for being a pro this whole time. But I'm sure, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So maybe this will be a weight off his shoulders. He can kind of be free. Like, all right, at least I got six more months in Atlanta. I know what's going on. And I can just kind of go out there and just play. And that's something he said, I think, in that interview you were talking about with Lauren. Just go out there and play and uh, be free of that. So maybe that's help him. Maybe that will help him between that and maybe some jump shooting regression in a positive way. Uh, I think he'll be uh, better in the second half of the season. Yeah, and I'm actually looking forward to him to bringing that consistency because we all know the capabilities that he has. I'm just the type of guy I want to see it more often <laughs> yeah uh, and i don't think that's too much to ask um when you talk about john now as far as now i haven't got it we haven't got a chance to t- uh, you know talk about the whole nick wrestler nick wrestler piece coming into play landry fields and the cal corver organizational structure right now like i don't know where nick wrestler sits and you may be able to give me some insight on that but i i, I want to kind of ask you about this new structure from the front office standpoint and how do you feel like these guys are going to try to make uh, – obviously, they want to be able to put a stamp and say, hey, improve that, hey, we belong here. But how do you feel that they can do that? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because the Hawks were already kind of formed as a team before this changeover. Not that they can't make changes, but more than a lot of teams really around the league, the Hawks have this extended core that's under contract. And like you kind of have to make trades to change this roster. Like there's not a whole lot of turnover happening in terms of just contracts ending or whatever. And that may, and also taking over midseason is very strange. Like, for, especially for a team that's pretty decent and where the Hawks right. have been, you don't often see a front office change in December. That's, that's a very strange thing. And it kind of adds a little layer of it that you kind of mentioned it, but this is a first-time group. Landry Fields has been an assistant GM in the past, but not, not, a, not a lead decision maker. Kyle Korver is pretty fresh off the court. He's only been off the court for a few years. Right. Um, the Nick Russell piece is interesting too, but I think going into the summer is where I kind of have I've been circling like – their opportunity to make some more sweeping changes if they want to do that. I think what what they did at the deadline was essentially not make a big decision, which is not a bad thing, but they kind of, they added to the team and they gave up a lot of second round picks, but they didn't make a huge like affirmative move one way or the other. They they could have torn down, they could have built up and they kind of just did a little bit on the margins. And that was, that was a safe approach, which I'm okay with. I get all that, but I think that we'll see more this summer in particular, and then going beyond that, like what they actually are about. Because I had a good read on Travis Schlenk. And I've been this on my on my podcast, like I don't have a read on Landry and Kyle and this and this and that's not, that's not a bad thing, but they just haven't had the transaction cycles to like where you can learn more information and talk to these guys. So it's a big question mark for me, but they certainly will have a, more of an opportunity when it comes to this summer. 
Yeah, I, I think that like the read that you talk about on Travis, I feel like I had a pretty decent read on him as well. Just from a like, I like the moves that he's made. I don't think he gets a lot of credit. Um, a lot of people discredit him when it comes to what he was able to accomplish as the uh, you know the lead um, decision maker for this team, and I think he did an overall pretty solid job. Now, granted, did he pay a couple of people that he probably shouldn't have, maybe, <laughs> or you know that's up for discussion. But I think overall he did a pretty um, pretty bang up job. Now. As far as, you know, go back to the depth piece that you talked about earlier. And, and like one of the things that I cringe sometimes when, that I see in games when Nate McMillan brings Bo, Bo in. I call him Bo Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> when he brings Bo in and he plays at that three, at three slot. And I think that when that substitution, when DeAndre Hunter comes out of the game, I think there was just a pretty big drop off uh, from a defensive standpoint. Um, uh, or even a, bringing AJ Griffin into that piece that to the fold. Where do you see AJ Griffin falling now that you got a guy like Sadiq Bay who can come in at the three? Do you see AJ kind of um, um moving towards the playing that that two guard position, or how do you think Nate's um how you think that plays out with Nate? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's one of the things that I'm I'm looking for in, in the first couple of weeks when Sadiq comes in. It's like how this all breaks down. Um, I think AJ has pretty firmly entrenched as a rotation piece for this team. Like obviously the future is super bright with AJ. I think, I think everybody yes. knows that, yes. but I, and I think that he has been the guy that basically since he joined the rotation early in the season, he's never come out. Like he, he's always been out there for a limited, you know, sometimes limited time, but he's kind of carved out that role and he's got the big, he's got, he's got the physical strength to play the three. He can play the two. He's played a little bit of two. And one of the points about Sadiq Bay is that, like you said, the Hawks don't really have, a traditional three other than Hunter on this roster that's been playing bogey right. and, and Griffin are probably a little bit more on the two side. AJ, I think in the future, will kind of play up more at the three, but Bay, they talked about this kind of, I think four or five times last night, Bay, they see it as a three, four. So like, he's going to play a little bit of three, he'll play a little bit of four. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit, a little bit stockier than bogey. Um, and I think that honestly, this is unfortunate, but the guy I'd be worried about losing playing time is Jalen Johnson. And I think that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's the yeah. thing. Like, I'm not saying yep. that's right, but yeah. I, if you're Jalen Johnson right now, um, I think there's some pressure on you to maybe, you know, keep your spot because the Hawks only have 10 guys. They don't have a depth. They don't have too many guys. I saw some of that last night. They, that's not, that's not really going to be a thing, but if everybody's healthy, I could see Nate leaning on Sadiq Bay more as the backup four sometimes. And that might cut into Jalen's time. But I think AJ, given his future, given the way he's played and the shooting in particular, where they kind of they still need that shooting pretty badly. I think mm -hmm. he's going to play every night, whether it's a two or the three, but Jalen's the guy that I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit concerned that, that he might start playing a little bit less. Yeah, and when you think about that, that uncertainty that Jalen Johnson displays when it comes to shooting the three, uh, so they, that Bay don't have any issues whatsoever putting no. it up <laughs> from, from behind the arc. <laughs> so I, I think uh, there may be something. I think you're onto something when it comes to uh, Jalen Johnson not getting as much playing time. Now, last one before we get out of here, I gotta ask this one, man. Like, this is the question that I don't want to ask, but I feel like I have to. Like, are we gonna be talking about Trey Young being disgruntled and wanting to get a trade next in the next couple of seasons? Uh, Brad, please answer this correctly. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so. I, I think there obviously was a little bit of noise a few weeks ago. You know, some of the rumblings that are out there. And look, anytime a team is not winning, the stuff just comes out. It is, it is what it is. Guys are frustrated, and the Hawks are underachieving this year. Through at least as we speak right now, they're five hundred. That wasn't anybody's plan for this season, especially after Absolutely. the after the Murray trade. Anytime you're not winning, guys are not thrilled. And whether that's Trey or whether it's other guys, like just the vibe wasn't great, the front office changeover, all that stuff. And that leads to leaks, that leads to media stuff. And I get all that. I've always thought 
basically the only way Trey's leaving is if Trey wants to leave and makes it very, very clear that he wants to leave. I can't see the Hawks proactively trading Trey Young. I know that was kind of out there too. I can't see that really happening. Um, but you know, could it could it be possible in two years if the Hawks are still underachieving in Trey's mind that he like starts looking around like, all right, what about somewhere else? In the NBA, that happens. Like yeah. it's not a I know it's sort of taboo to talk about it because like, yeah. like just the way you ask the question, it's kind of the same yeah, way. I don't like, want to talk about it. <laughs> no, no, nobody wants it to happen. I'm not, I'm not rooting for that. It, it is what it All is. Right. But like, if you look at the track record in the NBA, KD just got traded the other day. Like these guys, right. guys at the, at, at the highest levels, if they're not happy, they can get out if they want to get out. And I'm not saying Trey's going to want to, but if he ever says, all right, it's time. He's uh, he's a clutch client. That wouldn't probably hurt him. They could probably they, they, oh, they can make it happen. Right. They've got guys. <laughs> they've made it happen before. So yes. um, I think if you're the Hawks, there is a little bit of internal pressure. Just to be honestly, like I think they know that they have to win or Trey in a couple of years. I'm not saying right now, but a couple of years might be like, all right, guys, it's time to win. Like, and, and that's one of the things about the about the run to the conference finals is that it might have spoiled everybody a little bit. And like, all right, man, we just did. We already did this. And now yes. it's like we want to get back there. And if anytime you're not back there, maybe the frustration is even a little bit more. If it had been more incremental, maybe it's a little bit easier. But yeah, I could certainly see it in a couple of years if the Hawks aren't winning. But if they win, I think he'll be here long term and probably be happier. And everybody's vibes will be better. Yeah, absolutely. Because like, because when you think about what you're saying, is it, just just so true. Because there are even some some rumblings about Luca probably potentially one off. They don't get it right in Dallas. So, hey. And that was the guy he was traded for. So there, yeah, it's very, very similar across the board. <laughs> Absolutely. So we already know what kind of juice the NBA players got in today's game. Brad, man, I really appreciate your time today, man. Uh, thanks for uh, joining us. And please don't let this be the last time. I'm happy to come on anytime you need me or want me or don't even want me, but just need somebody to come on and fill in. I'm happy to do whatever you need. Thanks, Absolutely. He is Brad T. Rowland of Locked on Hawks. We're coming up next, guys. It is for the culture, and we're talking about wings, and it's going down. But first, I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and the calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. How about this? I'm actually munching on a churro Built Bar right now. It is absolutely amazing because, you know, when you're in a rush, I know a lot of times you get bogged down with work and tea. You understand this, too. You know, you got a lot going on and you just need a really quick snack. How about you go to built.com because it is the best way to get your hands on some good nutritional value stuff. Now, here's the here's a cool thing. If you're old school, kind of like me, and you want to go to a the brick and mortar and go pick you up a built bar, you can do that right now. All you gotta do is go to Sam's Club and you can grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, which is amazing, by the way, and churro is what I'm eating on right now. That's why all this spit is coming out of my mouth because it is so delicious. I'm talking about real chocolate, 100% chocolate, real chocolate. And also, what you need to do, and I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and only 17 grams of protein. Now, all you got to do is... You want to go to built.com, you can still go there. However, make sure you go check out Sam's Club and Walmart to pick up your built bars in person. Now, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about, because that's just how we get down to this show. Today is no different. How about this, T? Now, we know we're getting wrapped up for the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about our favorite Super Bowl. This is in just a second, but I got to get this story out, right? There's a lady 
who's been working in the Chicago school district for quite some time. Mm-hmm. It's an older lady. Um, she just got uh, uh, arrested for stealing $1.5 million worth of chicken wings tea. Like, what type of Super Bowl party was she trying to throw here? Oh, wow. <laughs> there must be a serious black market. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Heading like, into Super Bowl said, Sunday. I got 25 for the 15. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what is going on? <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, do I guess people really must like wings like that. You know, I don't like wings. So yeah, to me, th- yeah. that's so acid. Like, so, it's useless. Oh, oh, yes. A wing is a useless thing to me. Oh, I'm like, wait, wait a minute. It's a useless piece of food. Oh, my gosh. What, like, what is going on here? Like, no, it's just useless. useless. The only way a chicken wing even exists in my world, and you can say what you want to say, you, you better not call it a nugget, but <laughs> that boneless wing at Pizza Hut. That's it. No, no. That's it. At Pizza I don't understand why we're having a conversation oh about this. It. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. A drum at? Yes. It is... A drum at? Yes. Oh, gosh. But a All right. Okay. Well, why, at am least because... for me... why am I fighting for meat that hard? Like, why? <laughs> I love drumettes. I'm with you on. I'm, I'm with you on that. Drumettes. I'm all. I'm all on that. Like yeah. I don't understand. Like the flats. Like I don't understand. Like why people are so in love with flats. Like I literally got yeah. to sex up the wing in order to get all the meat out. Like literally. Yeah. Like you know, if, I, I let you dive into what that is, and not not you necessarily, but all the listeners and viewers right there. I let y'all dive into what that actually means. But 1.5 million dollars worth of, of wings. Like, did she, what did she do with the wings? That's what I want to know. What, yeah. I think that's what the that, uh, investigative reporter didn't do their job, T. They yeah. didn't do their job. Like, and that's what I was going to say. How did she get them? Like, somebody, <laughs> some heads need to roll. Because Absolutely. for you to smuggle a million and a half wings, I mean, what is she, you know, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, you know how, like, um, I don't know if it was like Shawshank Redemption or there have been movies where people <laughs> allegedly take a spoon and kind of right. dig their way out of prison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, did she do something like that where she like, you know, tw- a 20 spot here, a 20 spot like, there every like, day? Like, that's a lot of wings. We're talking about $1.5 million worth of wings. Like, that's a lot of wings. Like, man, like. I hope she got a lot of grandkids and they are fully fed and they'll be fed for quite some time in a big well, old I hope she ships some of her money offshore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, it'll be a long time before she sees a real wing, some money, or anything. Yeah, that's truly unfortunate because, you know, $1.5 million worth of go to waste. Yeah, all right. Whew. Wings. T, like T. Gotta ask you this. We know, I know the, I know the answer is not wings. But what is your go-to Super Bowl dish? It's going down Sunday. What's your go-to? What do you have to have uh, in order to watch the game on Sunday? Well, this is going to be a different Sunday. So, because I really want to fly solo. Like, I'm not going to any parties because okay. this game, to me, is going to be so exciting. And I in? just, I, yeah, I just want to be locked mm-hmm. in. So, mm-hmm. it's not even about the food this time. However, I really do love when I can get some good guacamole. Like, some good guac on the little Tostitos chip. Ah, yes. I love that. Or some like, you know, all of the like finger food. So like the pig in the blanket thingy and mm-hmm. the little meatballs, little barbecue meatballs, all that, all of that, yeah. all the little finger foods until you just get full. Yeah. I got to have some Rotel dip tea. Like oh. all of what you just said, okay. of course, I got to have my wines and the Rotel dip is going down. Got to have it. You know, wait, wait, wait. A- no. 
I, I like when they do the like. I prefer the chicken tenders, like the public oh, the, chicken uh, tenders. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I I, I respect that. Yeah. I can respect yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. do. Yeah, I gotta be able to like actually have a, a healthy portion of whatever okay. I'm eating. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, can't, I can't. I can't do that fight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't fight. I mean, now you gonna pay for it later. I know. I've had Rotel dip, and you know. The bathroom oh. don't like me for that. Yeah. So, oh, but you know, okay. you know, you know what I'm saying? But, but you know, but yeah, I'm with you on that. The chicken tenders and the buffalo chicken dip. Got to do that one. Now, people, we want to thank you for making ATL Dell Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, make Locked On Sports Today your second listen of the day. You can yes. find it wherever you find this podcast. And last but not least, folks, if you don't do anything else, make sure you share love, show love, and absolutely spread love over the weekend. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.